Hello and welcome to the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I'm trying to grow my fruit, vegetable and herbs in my allotment and garden. Today, this is the first podcast of 2022. So happy new year to you. Added to that, we've got a new theme music as you've just heard. We've got a different format and we're full of hope for this new year. Now I'm starting today, I'm in the podding shed and it is actually Thursday the 30th of December 2021, so just before New Year's Eve. Now over the Christmas period I was clearing out everything that I kept in this shed because I'm rearranging things. Now what I had in here originally, just inside the door on the back wall, I had some IKEA pegboards well they are staying because they have been fantastic and that's what I hang a lot of my tools up on they've been brilliant so I'm definitely keeping those on the wall opposite the door I'd built a shelving system out of wood last year I should say I've had this shed just over a year now it's a good size it's eight foot by eight foot so it's been a good size and it's also been a really good shed I found working over this last year it's dry it's warm it's comfortable and it's a a nice size but a few tweaks needed to be made and this shelving unit that I built just wasn't quite right it was a bit too flimsy and it just ended up getting full of stuff that I couldn't really access that easily so that's came out and then on the uh, the southern wall shall we call it that's where I had my potting bench where I would pop things up and start seeds off and it's also had cameras and things for my live show that I do on a Sunday evening that's all came out And what I've had to do is I've got some old kitchen units and kitchen worktops and they have gone into here to make a nice L-shaped bench across where the shelving unit and the potting bench was. Now this is working, I've got to say, quite well for me because it's built a nice sturdy worktop, plenty of room for me to, to work things on. And... What I've also done, as I said, I'm keeping the IKEA pegboards. I've also been using over the last year IKEA bins for keeping things like my chicken feed, my composting. Well, they're staying as well. I've, I've moved those around in order to fit them all in. I've got this kitchen units underneath the worktop that I can use for storage as well. And what I've also added into here is an old fridge now in my old shed i used to keep all my seeds in an old fridge and that's something that i want to continue on this year so the old fridge has returned back into this shed and what i'm going to do is start filling it up with my seed collection now talking of seeds as we are into january i have created a list of seeds that i'm going to be sowing throughout january which we can hear now Well, we find ourselves in January, which I think is a, an odd month for seed sowing. Many of us will be rather excited to get sowing some seeds, but to be honest, in many cases it's still a little bit too early. The sun isn't quite there, there's not enough daylight, the heat isn't there. Unless you're very lucky and you've got grow lights and heated propagators, you might just want to hold off for a little bit longer. That being said, there's a couple that can be sown outside at this time of year. Obviously garlic and shallots and onion sets, they can be planted outside with no real problems. 
Broad beans, certain varieties of broad beans, Aqua Dolce Claudia is one, the Sutton is another. They can also be sown directly outside, as can certain varieties of peas. The only thing I would say when it comes to sowing broad beans and peas outside is just make sure that some rodents can't eat your seeds because that's quite a strong possibility. I like to just pull a bit of chicken wire over the top just to stop any mice or any rats getting access to my seeds. In my unheated greenhouses, there's actually quite a bit that can be sown. Lettuce, a particularly winter variety of lettuce, they grow quite well in there. They'll also be sown inside my veggie pod as cut and come again salads. Spinach, another one of the salad leaves that I do like to grow a lot of, will also be sown in my unheated greenhouse. With a view, they're going to be planted out a little bit later on in the year. Spring onions are a good one to sow at January inside an unheated greenhouse because, well, you get some extra early crops of spring onions just when we start with barbecue season and they seem to go really nicely with barbecues. Onions, as in your standard onions that you might use in cooking in the kitchen, they can be sown this month, particularly if you're going to be exhibiting your onions in any competitions. You probably want to get those sown quite soon. Summer cabbages and cauliflowers, they're a must in my opinion. We sow those now, they'll take about six months to really grow and become edible, but that's ideal. We get them sown this month and then we'll be moving them outside in a couple of months' time. Celery is a good one that can be sown this month. It's a very difficult one to really be able to be successful with. All I would say is it is a marsh-loving plant. It loves a lot of water. Slariac, that's a one that we can sow now, transplant later on in the year, and it will stay in the ground for quite a long time before it bulbs up and produces some celeriac. Rhubarb is one that I'm going to be sowing this month as well, and it's it's one that's going to be a bit of an experiment. I've never sown rhubarb from seed before, but I thought, you know what, I want to give it a try. And parsley and coriander. Now, both of these herbs, I think, are a must in any kitchen garden. And I find that by sowing them now, I get better results. They are a cool, loving plant. I find we sow them now, they grow through the winter quite nicely. They may bolt in the summer, but that's when we need to get rid of them. But I have much more success sowing them in the cooler months than what I do in the summer months. Now, in a heated propagator inside my shed... Not everybody will be able to do this, I recognise that, and I do substitute some of the light with my grow lights. But I will be sowing chilli and aubergines for certain. What I find, chilli and aubergines really do need quite a long growing period. So I like to sow them as early as possible, get them started, get them growing, get them growing strong, and then they can be planted out around the middle of May when the weather is outside is suitable for them. But a long growing season is a must to get successful chilli and aubergines. Basil is another one that we can be sowing in a heated propagator or even inside our houses where it's a bit warmer. Now there is one final thing that I sometimes sow towards the end of January and that is tomatoes. But what I find with tomatoes is that if we sow them at this time of year they do grow quite big and quite quickly and that leads to a problem where if you don't have enough space to pot them out in a heated greenhouse in March 
you are going to end up running out of space quite quickly. What I would say with sowing tomatoes this month, if you feel you need to and you have a heated greenhouse that they can go into, then by all means, go ahead and do it. Otherwise, just hold off. Like I said at the beginning of this section, it's very easy to get itchy fingers and feel like you need to sow seeds right away. But to be honest, sometimes patience is the key. Right, let's get back to what I've been up to over this last week. It is Saturday the 1st of January 2022 today. I'm I'm feeling very grateful that this is a new year. 2022 I feel is going to be a much more positive and a year I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into. I've got so many huge plans and things that I really am going to try and achieve. I've spoke about my plans a bit last week and added to that a few other things that I'm thinking of doing. I've got a new vehicle, a camper van, that my wife and I are hoping to go out and about in a bit more throughout 2022, which is why I'm going to be going out and visiting gardens and other people's allotments a bit more as well. But our front drive, has, uh, it's got quite a few plants in it, of course, but none of them are edible. And now we have three vehicles. It's a bit of a tight squeeze, so I'm going to have to, at some point rip out a lot of the plants that I have out there and redo the drive. Now, I, I mentioned this because what I actually want to do as another plan to add to what I said last week is I want to get some pots of various plants, be it currant bushes or uh, gooseberry bushes, out there so that they can provide me with food at the same time. And earlier today, I was actually checking over my pots of plants to see what I have available that I can start to move out there when the time's right. And I've got quite a collection of gooseberries, uh, red currant and black currant bushes. So I've got a few there, but I think I will be looking to expand on those. So what I did was took a few cuttings of the currant bushes and the gooseberry bushes and I've dipped those in rooting hormone and put those into some compost in the hope that they will then produce some more plants. Now fingers crossed that's going to work and provide us with more plants quite cheaply which will provide us with more food out of the front of the house. The thing with growing plants and food out the front of a house, one, it's going to be easier for people to steal them if they so wish. That's something I think we can't do anything about, just got to live with. But the main advantages I see with growing these plants out the front of the house is that it's going to be more sociable. When I'm tending to the plants out there, I can chat to neighbours at the same time. But two, I am going in and out of the front drive and the front garden more regularly than I do the back garden. It is definitely part of my daily routine. So in theory, by having my plants out there, I should be able to look after them much better and easier than anywhere else. This is something I know permaculture is quite a a known thing to implement and it's something I don't know much about permaculture oh, I know it's a method of gardening that I've been interested in for a while and something that I I feel I should look more into but I see this as being a way to start off a bit of a permaculture experiment now as I said I'm back in the potting shed tonight and I've just mentioned what seeds I'm going to be sowing throughout January and I also said the other day that I bought this fridge out here in order to store my seeds. Well, this evening I'm out here. I'm just going through some of my seeds that I have here to see what I can be sowing uh, over this next year. I've definitely got some asparagus that needs to be sown this year. Um, 
that's April, March time we can start sowing that. What I like to do when I go through my seeds is try and move the seeds that are going out of date this year towards the front so they get used up first. But any seeds that are out of date, I like to see if I can use those for microgreens. I've been eating more and more microgreens lately and I find them to be a fantastic way of just ensuring I've got some nice healthy vegetables all year round. So I, I do think microgreens are the way forwards. Things like kale, cabbage, onions, uh, cress, uh, radish, they can all be used as microgreens and it's certainly something that I, I do eat a lot of nowadays. What I like to do, I've got, since having my puppy Roxy, we've got a collection of plastic containers that her dog food has came in. And I found they're a really good size. Just fill them up with compost, sow some seeds, pop them on a kitchen windowsill. They're a really good size for growing microgreens in. Uh, within two, three weeks, we've got the microgreens ready to harvest. We harvest them, use them in sandwiches, in soups, as a garnish. Just a great way, I find to use these things up and best of all using these plastic containers is recycling and I think they look pretty good I'm pretty happy with them I have to say so I'm going to get these seeds sorted out and packed away but what else can we be doing throughout January well I've recorded that piece to play in in just a moment <laughs> While January might be cold and wet, it does lack a bit of motivation sometimes to get outside. But if you can find motivation, there's quite a few things that we can tackle. One of the major jobs I like to tackle throughout January is pruning. My apple and pear trees, they really need the dead, diseased or damaged branches pruned back and removed. Also, gooseberries and currants, there's a bit of a system with gooseberries and currants and how we will go about pruning those. There'll be more on that in next week's podcast. It's a good chance to clear out any old crops that have gone past their best or just need removing, along with any weeds, worth keeping on top of that. If you happen to be a digger, then please do go ahead and dig it over your soil. Not something I do. I just throw the compost and the horse manure on top as a mulch, which I will be doing throughout January as well. One of my favourite things that I like to do at this time of year is to plant bare-rooted fruit trees and bushes. They're usually considerably cheaper at this time of year. And that's one of the reasons that I really like to buy these and get them planted. They also establish a lot easier and better by being planted at this time of year. If you're planning to force some rhubarb in order to get some tender, sweeter stems, then it might be time to pot an old bin over the top of a rhubarb crown. Now, I only do this with one of your rhubarbs unless you have lots and lots, because next year that rhubarb will have lost so much energy in forcing these rhubarb stems that it may not produce a huge amount of rhubarb next year. But it's again something that I'm going to be talking about in the future. Your brassicas are going to need a really good feeding with a high nitrogen feed. I like to use chicken manure pellets because they are easy to get hold of and they are pretty good for nitrogen. It's also a good chance to check all your netting over the brassicas. Make sure they are tight, they are in place and they're going to hold up because there are going to be lots of hungry birds looking at your brassicas to have a nibble and a quick snack. 
Now, if it is raining and you still feel like you need to get on and do something, it might be a chance to head into your greenhouse or your shed and have a good tidy up. Wash down any windows, clear out any rubbish, that sort of thing. A tidy shed, a tidy greenhouse does make work life a lot easier. Something that I'm tackling this week myself. Last year, I moved a few potted strawberries into the greenhouse just to get some early strawberries and it paid off. We had some delicious early strawberries as early as the middle of April and it was fantastic to eat. So highly recommend doing that. I'm going to be getting mine in hanging baskets just to make life a little bit easier for me. And later on in the year, when the weather is better, they can still go outside so you're not losing all the space in the greenhouse. It's also going to be a good chance to check over any of your overwintering plants. Make sure there's no pests or diseases on them and take action if necessary. This is incredibly important because at this time of year, greenhouses, while they might be a bit dry, they could be a bit humid, a bit damp, and that can lead to a lot of problems. Indoors where it's a bit warmer and where you probably have light, it's going to be worth just checking over any of your crops that are in storage and just make sure there's no rotting potatoes or onions. If they are, just get them out of there as quick as they can because otherwise it will spread through the rest of your crops and you don't want that. I've spent a lot of time in December working out what I'm going to be growing, where and and so on. So I'm going to be going over those plans, just double checking everything, then working out what seeds and what seed potatoes and other things like that I need to order in to make sure I've got them ready for this growing year. Well, with that, let's get back on with what I've been up to this week. It is Monday the 3rd of January 2022 today. I'm back in the podding shed this evening and it's been a bank holiday today as many people in the UK will no doubt know. It just meant a day off from work. Now this has given me a, a chance to do a few things today. Now particularly uh, what I've managed to do our side gate I've had to take down today because we're getting a new gate installed tomorrow. A few years ago, we had a replacement fence put in alongside our house. We used a company called Colour Fence, which have been fantastic. So we decided to go with them for our new side gate. So we, we contacted them, they found the parts, they're installing this new gate tomorrow, which is going to be great because our old gate kept blowing open. It wasn't the most securest. And with Roxy, we didn't want her being able to get out. And with the chickens as well, for that matter, we don't want them to be able to get out. We've also found that using colour fence, that... We haven't had to do any maintenance in the five years that we've had the fence up. So we felt it made sense to go with the gate of the same quality. And we're very, very happy with these fence, I've got to say. So expecting the same with the gate. Now, I know that's not necessarily anything to do with vegetable gardening, but I think it's important to acknowledge that many gardens will have fences and gates and I feel if I can recommend a company that has served me well they're not paying me anything I've got no connection with them at all I just feel that they're worth a mention because they have been so good for us and like I say we've been very happy with our fence for the last five years now after I took that gate down 
I did plan on doing a bit of weeding and start moving back into the shed, but I, I happened to look on our Facebook group for our allotment com committee, and I noted that somebody had said that some damage had been done by vandals last night down on the allotment, and uh, it was best to go and check on them. So I tore down there rather quickly, and I was pleased to say that actually my allotment suffered no damage at all. A few of the other greenhouses have been smashed and bits of sheds have been broken into and what have you. So a lot of damage that has been done, but I've luckily escaped it. Unfortunately, there's some people who have not been so lucky. After that, I came back home and what I've been doing, everything that I took out of this shed, I put into boxes into our garage and I'm starting to bring all these bits back in. I've got a collection of feeds and fertilisers and various things like that that I'm potting back into storage. But I'm also trying to get rid of a lot of things that I don't need anymore. I'm a terrible hoarder and I probably say this every year. I am on a mission just to try and get rid of stuff that I don't need. If I've had it over a year and not used it, I don't think I need it. Now I won't throw it down the tip. I will be passing it on to some other people who perhaps could make use of it in the best way possible. I don't believe in throwing good things out just for the sake of it, but I think there's still some life in these things. One thing that I'm getting rid of is a vegetable grow bag. So you fill this up with compost and you use it like a grow bag that can be used every year. But I haven't used it over this last year, so why am I keeping it? I've just figured it's time for it to go. And that's just an example of one thing that I've got to get rid of. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you've enjoyed the new format and the new theme music. Perhaps you might consider becoming one of my supporting members. I run a supporters club. I charge just £5 a month. And for that, you get extra podcasts and you get a collection of seeds and a newsletter sent to your door once a month. Current members tell me they're very happy with a seed collection because it's definite value for money. And I'm very pleased about that. To find out more details, head to the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk where you can also leave me a voicemail if you have a question or if you want to email me, it's richard at veggrowerpodcast.co.uk. If you also want to support me any other way, then please do leave a review on your podcast app. That goes a long way to getting more people find this podcast and builds a better, stronger audience. Alternatively, you can find me on social media. Just search for the Veg Grower Podcast on whatever social media you have. Right, well, that is it for this week. So until next time, please take care. <laughs>